It's time to talk San Diego Padres. This is Inside San Diego Baseball from 97.3 The Fan and the Padres Radio Network. Here's Sam Levitt. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Inside San Diego Baseball Podcast. Our first episode of 2023. Happy New Year. Hope everybody had a wonderful holiday season. I certainly did. I was a little all over the place. was skiing in Utah for a couple of days. Then I was visiting family in New York. Last weekend, I was in Atlanta visiting friends. Really nice to uh, get some time off and enjoy the holiday season. And now back here in San Diego, it was really rainy the first few days I was back this week. But as I record this on Friday morning, sunny skies here in San Diego. So that's certainly good to see as we inch closer and closer to spring training. Hard to believe we are just about five, six weeks away from the start of spring training in Peoria, Arizona, as we get ready for what should be a super exciting and intriguing Padres season here in 2023. Before we get into today's episode, some sad news to pass along from yesterday. Padres Hall of Famer and franchise home run leader Nate Colbert passed away at the age of 76. Colbert played in the major leagues for 10 seasons, six of those with the Padres from 1969 to 1974. He was selected by the Padres in the 1968 expansion draft after he spent time with the Astros and then played for the Padres in their inaugural season in 1969. Colbert was a three-time All-Star in 1971, 1972, and 1973, a franchise record 163 home runs as a Padre, and he drove in 481 runs during his time in San Diego, and certainly our thoughts are with the entire Colbert family at this difficult time. On today's episode, a really good conversation with MLB.com Padres beat writer A.J. Casavell. A.J. and I talk about what the Padres have done this offseason, what they still need to address, expectations for 2023, Manny Machado, Fernando Tatis Jr., and more. So here was my conversation earlier with A.J. Casavell. AJ, appreciate you doing this, taking some time out of your offseason to join us, talk a little Padres baseball. Obviously, it's been an exciting offseason for the Padres, setting up to be a, a really intriguing, exciting 2023 season. Before we get into the baseball side of things, you know, I see you all the time at Petco Park. Uh, you're traveling with the team. You cover this team on a daily basis. You do a terrific job. What does the offseason look like for Padres beat writer AJ Casville? Yeah, well, first, thanks for having me on. And the offseason kind of, I, I think what we've kind of found is uh, that a, an offseason is the f- fans are kind of just as interested in what the Padres are doing, who they might be trading for, who they might be signing, that those kind of storylines as they are oftentimes in, in the actual games on the field. So you try and kind of treat your stories and your story ideas and what I'm writing and what videos I'm doing with the same gusto as you would during the season. But that said, there's not 162 baseball games to cover. There's not a baseball game to cover every single night. And so it's a little, it's, it's just a little more of a, of a breather. I get to spend some, some nights on the couch with, with my dog and, and hang out with my wife. And it's, it's, it's really, it's really nice to get that, that I don't get during the season because every single night I'm at a, I'm at a baseball game, which is awesome in <laughs> itself, but there's a time and a place for that. And it's during the summer. So uh, also spent some time in, in, New Jersey, which is where I'm from, seeing the family during the holidays. I'm going to go skiing in Steamboat uh, later this month. And then I think after I get back from that, usually around mid-January is when I kind of is when I kind of lock it in and really start my prep work for the, the, the 2023 season itself, which which always seems to kind of spring up on you faster than you know. 
And now spring training is uh, right around the corner, five, six weeks away. Pitchers and catchers report. I had a chance to go uh, back to the East Coast as well over the holidays. So it's it's good to get some time off. And uh, as you know, once we, we get the spring training, uh, you pretty much go every day until uh, the Padres season comes to an end, uh, no matter when that is, uh, maybe again in late October here in 2023. AJ, before the holidays, you wrote a piece for MLB.com, and you, you spoke about some of – uh, the main storylines heading into 2023. And the first headline or subheadline of that piece said, is this year the tipping point? And, and the first line of that article said, the beginning of the 2000, uh, let me say it again, the beginning of 2023 marks a new year with new expectations in San Diego, different expectations. AJ, how do you frame this season with what the Padres have done with some of the potential free agency that may be looming after this season, with the star power this lineup has in this particular year, how do you frame 2023? Yeah, I think the expectations should be really high. And they, if you ask those guys, they'll tell you every year that the expectations are high, that they're trying to win World Series, and that that's the goal, and it always is. But I think this, if, if you look at the season, it's maybe the fourth of the Padres kind of playoff contention cycle starting in 2020, but it's the first one where I, I wouldn't frame them as kind of just playoff contenders. Like this is a team that, that if you look at kind of what they've done this off season, combined with what they did in the postseason last year, combined with maybe some of the, the way, some of the dominoes have fallen around the league and within the division, like this is a team that should, should be accounted among the world series favorites, maybe not the favorite, but they should have a, a serious eye on winning a world series. And I think there's kind of this, this kind of goes a bunch of different ways because the Padres have put so much into building this roster. They've obviously dealt a lot from their farm system. They have a knack for replenishing their farm system, but they, it's, it's not what it once was. Now they've put a lot into acquiring some of these guys for the here. And now Uh, they have some question marks after the 2023 season. And so this year for me is maybe the first year where it's like, all right, this is the full-on present. It's the here and now, and, and the Padres are going for it. That's not to say – I think they have a lot of pieces in place to be very good for the long haul, but I think this is maybe the first season where where the, the, the present is as shiny or shinier than the future. It's always been – as long as I've been on the Padres beat since 2016, it's always been about building that roster, making those acquisitions, whatever you need to do to kind of build for the future. It's very much right now about building for the present, and this team is is constructed that way and has should have the high expectations that I know they have. Yeah, and, and I love your perspective on this because you said it. You've been following this team for a long time, a lot longer than I have on a day-to-day basis because, really, I know the 2022 Padres and this team going to the NLCS, but you've seen the progression over the last half decade plus now of where this team, where this organization was and where they are right now. and. Um, one of the things that that we've talked about on a 973 the fan that that I've been thinking about as this offseason rolls along obviously is is the idea that this and I'm not trying to make anybody panic out there any Padres fans but there's always a potential that this could be the year where you have Bogarts and Machado and Soto and Tatis all together the only year you have those four together because Manny of course has the opt out after 2023 and with some of the deals that have been going around this offseason, it makes you wonder, you know, what might happen with him next offseason. Again, not to make anybody, any Padres fans panic out there. How do you see that part of it, AJ? What the Padres may do to try to make sure Manny Machado stays here beyond 2023? Yeah, I think they'll do just about everything they can. I don't know that, that, that like, 
Manny kind of knows where where this is all going right now. I mean, the, right. you look at the deals that are going around. I think there's a very clear mutual interest in Manny Machado returning to San Diego. I think it's he's made it very clear how much he likes playing baseball here, and the Padres have made it very clear to him how much they like having him here. He has the opt-in. Uh, there might be a path for him to return to San Diego even if he were to opt out and, or, or kind of restructure the, the, the back end of that deal, just because of what some of the other players in the market have made kind of this winter. It's, it's, it, it, if you look at kind of the numbers and the dollars, you would expect that Manny Machado could get a similar deal to some of the things we've seen right now. The way I kind of view it is um, it's, they have kind of been building for, for this. And so like, this is the only guaranteed year that you'll have those four guys playing together. And those are four, legitimate superstars. I don't know that the Padres have ever had this much star power on their roster at any point in their history. Um, and so uh, I, I think you, you just kind of live in the moment for now because you have all those guys together and you also know that Manny Machado wants to play in San Diego and the Padres right. want Machado to play in San Diego. And this is, this is an organization that based on what we've seen the last three or four years, uh, it, it has the resources to do what it wants to do to keep its guys. Um, there's obviously lots of question marks out there regarding what the future is for Juan Soto and and what position Fernando Tatis Jr. plays. I I just view it as the fact that the Padres have Juan Soto and Manny Machado and Xander Bogarts and Fernando Tatis Jr. Like those are four superstar players that are going to hit at the top of your lineup and turn you into one of the best teams in the National League and a contender. And so there are always questions. There are always questions about what the future holds, about who's playing where, about who's re-signing, who's going elsewhere. But for 2023, you're not going to find a better one, two, three, four in in all of baseball. Yeah, I think you you said that perfectly, and I think that's the right mindset. That's the mindset the Padres fans should have. Look, is there perhaps a looming question with Manny? What happens after the season? Um, of course, that that question may loom, and it may be something we we talk about at certain times during the course of the season, but I, I think things are, like you said, they're, they're so promising this year, having this star power, having this team, at least I hope as the season goes along and, and if this team indeed is winning and, and heading towards the postseason, that, uh, that people can appreciate kind of what, what's going on right now and focus on, on the real chance this, this 2023 team has to win a World Series, even with maybe a, a looming question uh, of what happens with Manny after the season. But obviously, as I think that question has become maybe a little bit more prominent the last couple of months with the deals that have gone out to guys like Trey Turner and um, and Aaron Judge, and the list goes on and on, and Xander Bogarts and, and things like that. Uh, you put out a, a newsletter yesterday, the Padres Beat newsletter, which I Really recommend people uh, subscribe to. Uh, you send it out uh, every so often. And you took a look at the five things the Padres must take care of in the early months of 2023. And item number one on that list, AJ, was find pitching depth. And I absolutely agree with you. So what are you hearing right now about what the Padres may do to add that pitching depth, uh, perhaps in the starting rotation? Yeah, I don't think this is going to be necessarily like like twenty the 2019, or it was the 2020-2021 offseason when they went out and landed some all-stars, Blake Snell, Yu Darvish, Joe Musgrove. This is a, a pitching depth thing. This is a, they want to find a guy who can fill that number five or six spot. If I, I assume they're going to want to enter the season with 
more than five starting pitchers because they the success they had last year entering the season with essentially seven major league caliber starters. And so there's some there's some guys available. There's some guys that that are, that are at the back end of the rotation that are available that shouldn't be too pricey. But it's 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 more about finding the the depth to fill out the rotation because the questions in this rotation aren't they're not at the front. It's it at the front at the front of this rotation with Musgrove, Darvish, and Snell. You've got one of the best front ends of the rotation in baseball. I think you can probably expect some solid performances out of Nick Martinez and Seth Lugo, even though there's a lot of questions there. I think their stuff and right. kind of what they've done in the past is like, you're going to get something out of them, but just remember back to the beginning of last season. And we, like, we know the Padres pitching depth was awesome last year. And that was one of the things that carried them through basically in mid August. And then they could kind of ride their, their bullpen a little heavier down the stretch, but the beginning of last season, Blake Snell gets hurt right before his first start. Mike Clevenger is not fully ready to return from Tommy John surgery. That's two of two fifths of your starting rotation, two guys, two pretty big name guys that are out. And the Padres didn't miss a beat because of it. That's just what happens in pitching, and in, in especially starting pitching. Guys get hurt. You need guys to fill in. You need those depth guys to just kind of keep the thing rolling along. And so there, I think there's some back-end starters available. There's also the possibility that the Padres would look to, would look to make a trade for a, a more high-end starter. That's, that's probably going to cost more than what the Padres are, are willing to pay or at least what they have in their system right now, having made all the deals that they made at the deadline last year and in the, in the previous kind of uh, in, in the previous cycles where they're, where they're looking to upgrade the roster. I don't know that that's on the horizon. I know it's a possibility because AJ Preller is the general manager, but I think it's more right now about how do you fill out the back end of that rotation? Yeah. And, and it's really, I think the the main question, uh, the remaining big question this off season. And I, I filled in yesterday on the morning show, Ben and Woods on 97, three, the fan. And I actually, I went through, uh, the 2021-2022 major league starts in those two seasons for the guys that may make up at different points the fourth and fifth spots in the rotation. And, and you look at it, you know, Seth Lugo doesn't have a start the last couple of years. Nick Martinez has 10. Adrian Morajon is two. Jay Groom hasn't made his major league debut. Julio Tehran uh, has one start. You look at somebody like Johnny Cueto, who had 24 starts in 2022, and it, it makes you – kind of scratch your head and say, you know what, that might be a good guy for the Padres to get just on the basis of, of having guys that can make a lot of starts and eat up innings. Because I think you made a really good point, AJ. That was a real strength of this team, especially in, in the first three quarters of the season where, you know, we were talking about using six-man rotation, seven guys for, for a five-man spot. You know, people forget Mackenzie Gore, how much of a, a part he played in the rotation the first half of the year. That depth, AJ, is really important. Yeah, and Cueto makes makes sense, and guys of that ilk make sense because they eat innings, they're durable, they've done it. And so the Padres have kind of constructed a rotation where the back end right now, the four or five spots, there's some upside there. I mean, Seth Lugo's stuff is nasty, and Nick Martinez, we know what he can do. We've seen kind of when he's at his peak. Uh, if he can translate what he was doing in the bullpen and what he was doing in that long relief role into the rotation next year, like those are those could be two really good starters, but you just need a little more assurances than what you've got right now. And so maybe you go – I don't think if, – if the Padres were to sign a Johnny Cueto, I don't think anyone's expecting Johnny Cueto to be in the discussion for the Cy Young Award. But if Johnny Cueto is your number five or six starter and he's your depth guy and and that's what you that's what your assurance is when a guy goes down, you know that Johnny Cueto's there to kind of cover those innings. That type of pitcher is exactly what the Padres 
could use to fill out that that kind of rotation question because I don't think there's I think with what the Padres have already done this offseason there's not too many looming questions on this roster and that's that's one that's one of them that's probably the biggest one yeah and, and point number two you made on that newsletter yesterday uh, again that uh, Padres beat newsletter the five things the Padres must take care of in the early months of 2023 number two was explore the catching and outfield market and that would be the the part uh, the position player part of this roster where maybe the Padres could add another piece, make some adjustments. So uh, what are you hearing, uh, anticipating the Padres may do in, in the next uh, couple of months as far as filling out uh, the bench pieces on this roster? Yeah, so I, I think I kind of frame that as like the, the, the pitching depth is, is, a, is the priority, and that's something that needs to get done before spring training. Uh, the catching outfield question I think the Padres would be well served to explore that. And I know that they are, uh, whether it's via trade or free agency. I know that the, especially the catching market, there's not many high end free agents available. It's, uh, it's a lineup that is already, I think as it stands, like if this is if this were the group of hitters, the Padres were to enter the 2023 season with the Padres would probably feel pretty good about that because they have the, the front end one through four, that's as good as any in baseball. And I think you can get enough from the outfielders that you have to, to feel kind of comfortable maybe going into the year and saying, hey, if we need something else, we can look forward at the trade deadline, the catching situation. I mean, Austin Nola's proven his chops at kind of handling a pitching staff and, and how well he, he, he does that aspect of the game. And I think the Padres have been looking forward to giving Luis Camposano his chance as well. And so they're not areas of necessity that the Padres need to go out and 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 make some of these moves and that to me almost lets them kind of bargain from a position of strength because they don't need to be making these moves they're they're moves that they should be exploring they should be talking with other teams about about maybe a trade for a catcher or they should be trying to find that that fourth outfielder and the, the outfield for me if, if if Fernando Tatis Jr. ends up at a corner and it's Tatis Soto and Trent Grisham that's a that's a solid outfield that probably needs a platoon partner for Trent Grisham. And you can say that Jose Azokar filled that role admirably in 2022, and I wouldn't argue. But Azokar, for me, fits better as, as that fifth outfielder, that defensive guy that maybe, like, you, you have one more bat that, that slides in there, a right-handed hitter, doesn't even have to be a center fielder to platoon with Grisham. It could be a corner guy, and you slide Tatis to center. I don't know the, the inner workings of this, but I know that the pot, like, the roster is flexible enough where the Padres can make a bunch of different uh, can can look at a bunch of different pieces to kind of fill that fourth outfield spot. For me, that's that's the position player. Like that's the biggest need right now. Uh, the catching situation is solid. The catching situation could also be a little more solid, and that's that's just kind of how I'd frame it. There's, they're not necessities, but I mean, you want to build this roster into a true World Series contender, right? You, you don't leave any stone unturned. Yeah, and, and that's exactly what, uh, what I was about to say is that when you talk about teams that that win World Series, those those pieces around the stars, around the uh, the major elements to the team, they end up being really, really important in who you have off the bench. And obviously, these are things you can add as the season goes along around the trade deadline and you assess where you're at and um, what the team is doing for the first few months of the season. AJ, before I let you go, you mentioned him uh, during that conversation about the outfield, Fernando Tatis Jr., Ultimately, that will be a, a major storyline of the early part of this season when he returns, where he plays, how he performs. 
if it takes some time for him to get back into the groove and um, and hopefully for Padres fans, he, he's the player uh, they saw in 2021. That part of it, Fernando Tatis Jr., part of this season, that storyline, how do you, you know, I asked you how you frame the 2023 season at the start of this. How do you frame that part of it for the Padres, his return and and what it could mean for this team and this organization? Yeah, I think it's, I mean, it's not an uncertainty because you kind of know that that if and when he comes back, he's going to be really good because he's just that kind of player. He's unbelievable to watch when he's out there. But it's maybe the biggest uncertainty in kind of how he handles that transition positionally. He's going to be dealing with a lot when he comes back from the suspension and kind of how he handles that, how he ingratiates himself back into the clubhouse. Um, to, to all those ends, I, I would expect him to handle it pr- pretty well. The things we've heard kind of coming out of, of – the Padres camp is that they they're they're pleased with the work he's done to to rehab and to get healthy and to kind of to kind of put the suspension behind him. Uh, it's a really kind of fascinating storyline because if you're adding like this is a team that went to the NLCS last year and this is a team that wasn't they won 89 games. It wasn't they were better than an 89 win team by the end of the season when you have Juan Soto and Josh Hader clicking. Uh, they added Xander Bogarts to that mix, and and you're adding one of the best players in baseball, I would say a top five player in baseball to that group. And as, as long as, as, as long as the, the kind of variability in, in his game is, as long as he's out there, as long as he's playing, that's a, that's a superstar player that you're adding to an already NLCS team. And so to me, that's why I kind of look at the season and it's, it's, I, this is, this is, I mean, I don't want to say this is the year. I think they're built well for the future. I mean, Fernando Tatis Jr.'s just turned 24 years old, and they've got a lot of really young players under control for a while. Uh, but when you're adding him back into that mix and you have some of the question marks that maybe you do after the 2023 season, that's why I would say that this is this is the season. This is kind of the tipping point. I think I mentioned you mentioned that earlier in, from one of my stories. Like This is the tipping point into it's been about the future for the last as long as long as AJ Preller has been here. So for the last nine years, it is very much right now about the present in San Diego. Yeah, it is. And it's, uh, it's going to be a super exciting season. I can't wait to get to spring training and, and start following along what transpires and, uh, and uh, get rolling uh, with uh, what I think somebody on, on 97.3, the fan called it the other day, uh, you know, the most, exciting season as far as looking ahead towards it that that maybe there's ever been in Padres history and and what I think is pretty interesting AJ you think about the players that weren't on this active roster in mid to late July of 2022 Juan Soto, Xander Bogarts, Fernando Tatis Jr., Josh Hader it really is remarkable how much this roster changed just from the middle of 2022 to where we are in the uh, opening days that of was 2023. That was a playoff team, too. In mid- yeah. In mid- July, that was a playoff team. And they're adding those four names to that team. So, I, yeah, that's where the expectations absolutely should be. Yeah, it's going to be uh, it's gonna be a lot of fun to follow this team and to see what transpires in 2023. AJ, very much appreciate the time uh, taking uh, a few minutes out of your offseason uh, to uh, talk with us about the Padres. And I will see you in Peoria here in uh, five, six weeks. Yep, we'll be baseball season before we know it. See you then, Sam. That'll do it for this edition of Inside San Diego Baseball. Thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed the conversation with AJ Casavell. As always, feel free to subscribe, leave a five-star rating, leave a review if you have something nice to say, and I will talk to you next time on Inside San Diego Baseball.